King, you have summoned me. What is it? Take this here vibranium to the brother Myers as a gift from the people of Wakanda. Go and bring him the vibranium mic. He will use it wisely. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro. That's absolutely nothing. What did you do before you were named a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have there? Ask Professor Maurice Miles Martinez, MC Brother Miles, and he'll tell you like it really is. You can shackle the hands of black people, you can jail the bodies of black people, but you cannot shackle or jail the minds of black people. Rise up, black man, black woman, and reach to go back to Africa. My father was a Garveyite, thus Marcus Garvey can be thought of as my grandfather, but when you say, I've read in... Dr. Ben's book, or I've read in Dr. Ivan Van Sertima's book, or I've read in Professor Maurice Miles Martinez's book. They say, don't speak that information in here. Brothers and sisters, speak your truth to the world. Brother Miles, the black man's truth is here. The Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. History is a clock that people use to tell their political, economic, and cultural time of day. Brother Miles, the relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. Free at last and proud to be black. One day, Miles will be free at last. Hey, Brother Miles. That was really great, man. I'm impressed. Welcome to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast, the place where black history, hip-hop, and spoken word come together. I'm your host, Maurice Miles Martinez, also known as MC Brother Miles. At the end of each podcast, we have an original spoken word poetry or hip-hop track by myself. Two weeks ago, we discussed a black community that was in Central Park in New York City. And last week, we discussed tools found in Central Africa that date back to 850,000 years old. Today, I'm going to return to the discussion of the African-American community in New York and more broadly in what is known as the Middle Colonies of New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York. Now, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York, when they were ruled by the English, transitioned to become states. And as we know, these colonies all enslaved African people and New York was the largest slave port outside of Charleston, South Carolina, in terms of the 13 colonies that became the United States of America. Now the colonies, after they fought the American Revolutionary War and became states, took differing positions towards slavery. Broadly speaking, as one moves from the South to the North, from Georgia and South Carolina, through the Upper South, Maryland, Virginia, Delaware, and so on, to the middle states of New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and then on up to New England, to Connecticut, and so on, these states, as you moved more north, typically ended slavery the more north you went earlier on. Now, there are some exceptions to this, but this was in large part because of economic reasons, because the New England states had far fewer needs to have a very large labor force to grow crops versus a place like Virginia. In the Deep South, these states didn't ban slavery. The Upper South, these states made it as voluntary or voluntary manumission. 
and up to slave masters. Some of the New England colonies outlawed slavery early on in the American Republic, and the middle colonies of New York, Pennsylvania, had something known as gradual manumission laws. And New Jersey, yes, New Jersey, kept people enslaved right on up to the Civil War. This was because New Jersey's southern border was south of the Mason-Dixon line. Now these laws, these gradual emancipation laws, seemed nice on the surface, but at the time that they were passed, they weren't so nice. And here is why. The gradual emancipation hoax of New York and Pennsylvania set up a situation where a child was freed after a given year. In New York, for example, a child born after July 4th, 1799, but only after reaching the age of 25 for women and 28 for men, would then become free at the age of 25 or 28. So if you were born on July 3rd, 1799, too bad. You were considered to be enslaved for life in New York. Now let's say you were born on July 3rd, 1799, and you were a black woman. You would be enslaved for life. If you had a child at the age of 40, then that child would be born in 1839 or 1840. If that child was a male, he would have been enslaved for 28 more years or until the year 1867 or 1868, which is after the Civil War was fought and after slavery was over in the United States of America. This was after the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery and ended slavery in 1865. Remember, Abraham Lincoln didn't free the slaves. If you want to find out more information on that, check out the podcast earlier on Abraham Lincoln. Season 2, episode 23. Now, New York eventually outlawed slavery in 1827, but they didn't plan this in the late 1700s. So these late 1700s laws were a scam. The average length of life of an enslaved African at that time was about 21 years of age, so to live to 25 wasn't even an expectation. Now, what's interesting about this whole thing is that New York was America's first capital before the capital moved elsewhere. As always, we conclude the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast with an original spoken word track by myself, MC Brother Miles. Gradual emancipation laws of New York and Pennsylvania are nothing to brag or boast. First, New York was the largest slave port in the English colonies outside of Charleston on the East Coast of the United States. But this land of the free was born and birthed in the reality of slavery that if you were born on July 3rd, 1799, you would be enslaved for life and if you were a woman and were born before this date you would be enslaved for life in this New York place and your child would be freed if he was a male at the age of 28 which would have placed the age of your free child beyond the passage of the 13th amendment 
and would have freed him in 1867 or 1868, thus making this gradual emancipation a scam of the age. On top of that, most enslaved daughters and sons didn't live beyond the age of 21. This meant that 28 as an age for men and 25 for women to be free was another hoax of the New York history debacle on slavery. Why should we live shrouded in the historicity of this scam instead of dispelling this mystery? We dispel the mystery of United States slavery and how it was baked into the fakeness of a place that said it was full of greatness. Greatness maybe, but goodness not, for the institution of slavery can be considered to be America's rock. And America's rock in New York, America's first capital, would mean that America consumed a rotten Big Apple. Thank you for listening to the Real Wakandas of Africa podcast. When you have a chance, please pick a copy of my books up from Amazon, The Real Wakandas of Africa, Dr. John Henry Clark vs. Herman Cain, The Great Wall of Africa, The Empire of Benin's 10,000-mile-long wall, The Real Vibranium of Africa, and Akhenaten's Dreams by Maurice Miles Martinez. You can also subscribe to this podcast and become a regular sustaining member by clicking the link in the podcast. You can donate from $1 to $10 per month, and this makes an enormous difference in supporting this podcast and my research. Thank you again for listening to me, MC Brother Miles, Maurice Miles Martinez. I will speak with you next week.